Acts, the third chapter, the 19th verse, amplified. You know, Zechariah 10 says we're to ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. That's the time you and I are in right now. Times of revival. Times of rejoicing. Amen? Amen. Now notice with me in Acts, the third chapter. And uh, we'll look at verse 19 in uh, the Amplified Version. We'll pull it up here in a moment. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Amplified. I don't have my Amplified here, so I don't want to try to quote it. But uh, let's just go ahead and pull that up. Acts, the third chapter, the 19th verse. Anybody have an Amplified Version with you? Praise the Lord. All right, Jane. Thank you, sister. Amen. Acts, the third chapter, the 19th verse. Evidently, we've got some technical difficulties up there. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's too hard for me to see. Not my eyesight. It's just not clear enough for me. Thank you, Brother George. So repent. And change your mind and your purpose. Your old way of thinking. Amen? Change your mind and turn around and then return to God. You know, if you've gotten away from God, it's a good day to get back. Amen? Return. When you return, you can be restored. And the word restore means better than before. So repent, change your mind and your purpose, turn around and return to God. That your sins may be erased, blotted out, and what? Wiped clean. How many of you like having a clean slate? You know, when I was a little boy, they were waiting for me to turn over a new leaf. <laughs> you know? You know, they would say, well, basically, he's a good boy, but he's got some issues. And, uh, of course, I'd go to the principal's office, and they'd ask me, now, Mr. Thomas, are you ready to turn over a new leaf? Well, the problem was, is I had, didn't have the power to do that. It's not about a new leaf. It's about a new creation. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And what? All things have become new. Come on, let's keep that up there now, guys. We need a little help here. Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, and wiped clean. So that times of refreshing and recovering... From the effects of heat. Okay? Anybody been in a heated situation this past week? Okay? The scripture tells us, Don't think it strange concerning the fiery test or concerning the fiery trial which is sent to test you or to come against you. In other words, fiery tests and fiery trials are standard for born-again, spirit-filled Christians. Right? As a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't say when divers' temptations come our way, 
that we're to whine and complain and feel sorry for ourselves. But rather, the scripture says, my brothers, count it all joy. When you fall into different temptation tests and trials. In other words, when the test comes, the joy is not just equal to the test. The joy will help you to overcome the test. Amen? The joy will help you to endure the test while the test is taking place so that the heat doesn't take you out, so that the times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord and sweep over your soul and take you to the other side of the test. So repent and change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God so that your sins may be erased and blotted out and wiped clean so that times of refreshing, recovering from the effects of heat. The effects of heat. Now, we know that the effects of heat in the natural realm can be rather devastating. Some people experience sunstroke. Other people experience certain things from natural heat. But you know that there are some effects from fiery tests and trials. Some of which we want absolutely nothing to do with. So if you have been affected by a test and by a fiery trial, I prophesy to you today that the times of refreshing are here to recover you. Oh, hallelujah. Say it with me. The times of refreshing are here to bring recovery. Are here to bring restoration. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One of the greatest things that you can do in the time of a test is to rejoice. Amen. And I'm talking about rejoicing completely and entirely apart from your flesh. Apart from how you feel. Amen? The Bible says that we can rejoice with joy unspeakable. And as a result of that, the glory of God will come on the scene. Recovery from the effects of heat. A reviving with fresh air. How many of you just love some good old fresh air? That comes from times of refreshing. That comes from the rain that is falling. That it may come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So right now I pray over your life. If you've been impacted by a fiery test and a fiery trial, I want you to stand up right now. We're going to pray And we're going to believe God with you right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask George and Terry to to walk around. And Linda and if Brian's in the house to walk around. PT, walk around. Prayer room workers, walk around. And put your hands on these people right now. Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand together. With our brothers, we stand together with our sisters in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come against what has come against them. We bind up 
every principality and every power, any ruler of the darkness of this age, we bind and we cast down all spiritual wickedness in high places and we render you harmless and ineffective against them in the name of Jesus. Paul, stand up and start praying for people. Lord, may your glory sweep over your people this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the name. How many know anything that's of the Spirit of God's worth taking a little time for? Hallelujah. Those of you who are seated, just stretch forth your hand toward Him. Let's believe God together. Times of refreshing. Recovery. Recovery in your soul. Recovery in your body. Recovery. Rest and refreshment. In the name. In the name. Everyone say in the name. Everyone prophesy in the name. In the name above every name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus' name. Say it with me, be it unto me, according to your word. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Open your Bibles this morning to Numbers, the 13th chapter. We are talking for a little while this morning on letting go so that you may go up. We discovered two weeks ago that there is an upward call on us all. That upward call is a call to resurrection life. Amen? In the book of Numbers, in chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Say it with me, He gave it to them. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And then I want you to drop down to verse 17. Notice with me, the land was given. He instructed them to send out 12 spies to spy out the land. In verse 17, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and sent unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they may dwell in, whether it be good or bad. And what the cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. Verse 20. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether they be wood therein or not. And be what? And be of good courage. Be of good courage. In other words, the land has been given you. Now be courageous to go and take it. And bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was of the first ripe grapes. So they went up. And then in verse 23, I want you to read with me. And they came unto the brook Eskel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bare it between two upon a staff. 
and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. Verse 24 through 27. Ready? Read. You guys go ahead. How many days? Verse 26. And they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We have come into the land that you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The word nevertheless there was their downfall. The word nevertheless was basically saying, in spite of what you told us, however, still, but, this is taking place. Verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan I want you to read verse 30 with me real strong ready read and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said what did he say let us do what let us go up at once. Let us go up. Let us go up. Another translation says, let us take possession of it. In other words, he could say that based on what God had already said. Because understand this, that God's words are enablements for you to go up and possess what He's already provided for you. Amen? I love that. Now in verse 31, in spite of all this, but the men that went with Him said, is it important that we align our words with what God's Word says? Your words are important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But the men that went up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now get this. God said they were able. They said they were not. Which tells us, to go up and possess the land, we must let go of fear and doubt and our lack of ability in the natural realm. It tells me and you that the will of God is dependent on our aligning our lives and our words with His Word. We must be in agreement with what He said to receive or possess what He has said. Now they talked themselves right out of their blessing. They talked themselves right out of their inheritance. Many are doing that in 2018. Well, I know God said, but. How many of you know it's good to get the buts out of the way? Right? 
Well, I know God said that he would meet my need, but I've got a stack of bills. Your bills will never get paid considering your bills. The only way your bills are going to get paid is consider Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. Well, I know God said I'm healed, but my body, but the doctor said this, you'll never get your healing considering your flesh, considering your weakness and considering your disease. Even though you may know all the Latin names and the Greek names for what you're standing against, you will not get your healing considering that. You will get your healing considering Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, your healer, Jehovah Rapha. You want to go up? You got to let go of fear. You got to let go of unbelief. Listen, guys, God's given you and me all the ability that we will ever need. Amen. In Colossians, he said this always thanking the Father, for he has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. I am confident that the one who has called you to go up in 2018 has given you the ability and the grace to do so. And I'll tell you what else I'm confident in. I'm confident that you're going to do it. That's not strong enough. I said I'm confident that you're going to do it things you haven't possessed yet, you're going to get her done. Your inheritance that you haven't cashed in yet, he who began a good work in you is going to complete it. He's going to perform it. And you're going to go up at once and possess the land. Put your hand over your heart and say, I'm confident too, Lord. I'm confident in you. Verse 32, it says this. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants of thereof. And all the people that that we saw in it are men of great stature. Mark this down. An evil report is the opposite of a good report. Now notice in verse 33, would you read with me please? And there saw, we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which were come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were... Wow. Now listen to this statement. Their fear and unbelief framed the way they saw themselves. Their fear and unbelief reduced them in their own sight as a grasshopper. Understand, folks, that worlds will frame your world. For it is through faith that we understand that the very worlds were framed by the Word of God. And God has given us the written Word to believe and to receive and to speak. God has placed within you the ability to creatively declare what He has declared. He said in His Word that you can have what you say. Come on, somebody. So what you say about yourself paints a picture of who you are. If I walk around all day 
and talk about what I don't have and what I can't do, eventually I'm going to see myself on a lower level than God sees me. But I've discovered this, that God doesn't see us down here. God sees us raised up together with Him. God doesn't see us as unworthy worms. He sees us as the righteous. Come on, somebody. He sees us as the righteousness of God in Christ. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. Frame your word, world with His world, word, and it will change the way you see yourself. Let me say that a little bit clearer. Frame your world with His word. And it will change the way you see yourself. So in other words, to go up, I've got to let go. I've got to let go of my insecurities. In other words, not only that, I've got to let go of past failures. I've got to let go of past attempts. I encourage you this morning to let go of unbelief. Put fear on the run. Rise up and resist it. And go up and possess your possessions. Psalms 34. Let's look over there. We've got some more time this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, let go of all fear. So you can go up in 2018. Psalm 34 verses 1 through 4 says, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. I'll bless the Lord when it's easy. No. I will bless the Lord. I'll bless the Lord when? All the time. His praise shall continually. Well, but Pastor, I have a silent praise. I have a praise in my heart, but I don't know about opening my mouth. No, the Bible says it shall be continually be in your mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, read verse 3 and 4 with me. Oh, let's start verse 3 again. Oh, magnify the Lord and let us. Woo! Verse 4, read it with me. I sought. There is something about those that will diligently seek the Lord. As you diligently seek the Lord, the scripture says, you will be delivered from every fear. Now listen to this statement. Faith for our future requires a zero tolerance policy toward any kind of fear. What's your policy concerning fear, Pastor? This is a no-fear zone. Pastor, don't you ever feel fear? Well, certainly I feel fear. But feeling fear is different than accepting fear. You can feel fear and resist fear, or you can feel fear and receive fear. But my Bible says, resist fear, and fear will flee from you. Well, I thought, Pastor Mark, the Bible says resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. That's what I said. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Fear is an evil spirit. So resist fear and what will happen? 
Say this with me. I resist you false spirit of fear. And you must flee from me. So fear not then is declared over 110 times in the Bible. You suppose God's trying to get our attention. In Isaiah 41.10 it says this. Fear not. There's nothing to fear. Why? Because I'm with you. Do not look around you and tear and be dismayed. Why? Because I'm your God. And I will strengthen you. And I will harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. And not only that, but I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. Woo! Glory to God. Fear not. Fear not. And I believe this, that we can get so spiritually in tune by becoming greater as he that is in me than he that is in the world minded. I believe this, that we can get to a place where we can smell fear when it turns the corner. That we can become aware of fears that perhaps we've yielded to in decades past and in years past. But I believe God is fine-tuning our spirits and He's given us a revelation of what is fear and how that you and I can stop it dead in its tracks. Amen? Now, this not only includes the fear of disease and the fear of accidents, but it also includes the fear of failure. It also includes the fear of man. There is a multiplicity types of fear out there. Amen? Now, in Ephesians, I want you to look at this verse. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And you're familiar with this verse in verse 27. But notice with me, that particular verse. We already quoted uh, James 4, 7, where it says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And what will he do? He'll flee from you. Incidentally, that word flee there means run from you as in terror. Amen? Now, here's a very, very simple verse of Scripture. Notice with me, in verse 27 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Neither... Neither do what? Give place to the devil. We could say that 10 out of the 12 spies who brought back an evil report, we could say that they gave place to the devil. And in giving place to the devil, it kept them out of their promised land. Now there was a time where some of their descendants came in and possessed the land. But for this crew, because they gave place to fear and doubt and unbelief, they didn't enter in. Now, is there a lesson in there for us? The scripture says, don't give him any place. Have you discovered that if you give that rat an inch, he'll want to take a whole mile? Right? Now, I looked up some other translations of this particular verse one translation says leave no loophole for the devil don't leave him a a loophole another translation says this give him no opportunity see he's looking for an opportune time peter says this that he walks about 
Well, we need to look at it. You're not in that big a hurry. And if you are, cool your jets. Look at Feast, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Somebody shout amen. amen. I'm going up in 2018. How about you? Who go with me? Anybody interested in going up? Hallelujah. We're going to be just like the Jeffersons. We're moving on up. 1 Peter. Is that the Old Testament or new? God's helping me today. And you know what? He's helping you too. In 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, don't give him a loophole. Don't give him an opportunity. He's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for a loophole. In 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 8, he said, Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your friend, the devil. I mean, the way a lot of Christians act, you know, they think the devil's their best friend. They've been bedding up and buddying down with them for years. No, he ain't no friend. He's a foe. Not only is he a foe, but he's a defeated foe. And he's a foe that's under your feet. And he's a foe that's under my feet. Be sober. That's a good word for some of you. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, your opponent... As a roaring lion. Didn't say he is a roaring lion, but he walks about as one. Why would he walk about as one? Because he wants to intimidate us. He wants to strike fear into our very soul. That's why he walks around trying to act so bad. You know, on the playgrounds as kids, there were bullies. And they, they, they'd, they'd walk around, they'd strut their stuff, and they'd try to act so bad till someone half their size knocked them cold. And the next day, I want you to know, they weren't strutting around the playground anymore. Well, that's the way you got to do the devil. He may be strutting his stuff. He may be acting all bad. But, oh, glory to God, you give him the name and plead the blood, he'll be very sad. Amen. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking, seeking who? Back here in Numbers, it said these giants are so big, and we've heard that they eat up the inhabitants of the land. In other words, we've heard that they're going to devour us. That was a picture that was painted as a result of their fear and their doubt and unbelief. It's the same thing today. The enemy is out to steal. The enemy is out to kill. He is out to destroy. He is out to devour. But you know what? We ain't afraid of that rat. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't afraid. I'm not afraid of him. Because Jesus, he doesn't walk about as a roaring lion. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise, and he lives on the inside of me. Glory to God. Woo! There's a greater one living in you than the one that's walking on the playgrounds of life. There's a greater one living in you than the one who comes to steal and devour. Amen? Say with me, Jesus, you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. Can anyone tell me what Judah means? Judah means praise. You get some praises going in the midst of the enemy walking around as a roaring lion. He won't stick around to see who's doing the praising. He'll run. He cannot stand a born-again, spirit-filled believer who will praise God in their midnight hour. He can't stand it. Make him listen to your praise. Make him listen to your shouts. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, here's the attitude we've got to have. And the attitude what I'm talking about is the attitude of faith. Or we could say it this way, it is the spirit of faith. Dad Hagen said many, many years ago, he said, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. So here's the attitude that we should adopt when the enemy is strutting his stuff. Notice in verse 9, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom do what? It does not say there assist, does it? It says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. One translation says, Resist him steadfastly with your faith. Amen? Amen? How did Jesus accurately resist the devil when the enemy came to tempt him? What did Jesus do? The enemy came along, tempted to turn the stones into bread. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the enemy came to tempt him to commit suicide, to throw himself down. The enemy will give you half scriptures. Well, the Lord will give his angels charge over you. But Jesus said again, it's written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Now folks, you've got to be prepared for the attack by knowing what is written. I said you've got to be prepared. Fully armed and fully equipped. We could say it this way. Fully loaded. Come on, somebody. Fully loaded. Loaded with the Holy Ghost. Loaded with the Word of God. Your sword's sharp. So you don't have to run and, and wait. and oh, What does the Word say? What does the Word say? No. You're a living, walking Bible. In the Word of God. In your heart. Coming out of your mouth. It's a sharp two-edged sword, guys. So rise up in 2018 and resist fear and resist doubt and resist unbelief. Frame your world 
with His words. Words paint pictures. And the Word of God will paint a picture of your inheritance and the reality of your redemption and the reality of your right standing with God. The Word of God will paint a picture down on the inside of you of who you are and what you have and what you can do in and through Christ Jesus. Don't let the past hinder you from going into 2018 and possessing everything that God's got for you. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Mm. Inheritance. There's an inheritance for you to take. There's an inheritance for you to take. You get a call tomorrow morning, say a rich uncle just died, left you a million dollars. Come on down to the city of Oakland and you just stake your claim on that million dollars. It's waiting on you. What time do you think you'd get up in the morning to do that? Huh? I know Brother George. Brother George would say, well, I'll be there in a few days. No, he'd be Johnny on the spot. You, I know you. You'd be in the office before it opened up. Amen? Well, thank God we have more than a rich uncle. Come on, somebody. I said we got more than a rich uncle. Hallelujah. We serve a God who owns it all. The cattle of a thousand hills are His. The silver and the gold are His. And what is His are ours in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm pausing because I want to take it a step further. But uh, pray with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say with me, I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. In closing, go to Joshua 18, verses 1 through 3. Joshua 18, verses 1 through 3. Just hang with me a few more moments. This will be worth your... Amen. You can still beat the Baptist to the Black Bear Diner. Hopefully not beat the Pentecostals to the drinking hole Joshua 18 now this is a little bit later this generation had already passed but a new generation came in they were able to go in and go over the Jordan Joshua 18 verse 1 through 3 verse 1 says and the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there and the land was subdued before them say it with me the land was subdued before them. What that literally means is the land had already been conquered and their full inheritance was available to them. Okay? It included all of their covenant benefits. Now notice in verse 2. And there remained among the children of Israel how many tribes? Seven tribes which had not yet what? 
So the land was subdued, right? Come on. But there were seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Now Joshua, who was one of the two spies that brought back a good report, Caleb's buddy, right? Joshua had the spirit of faith, right? Joshua had something to say. Verse 3, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? In other words, how long are you slack? Are you lazy? Why are you postponing? Why are you putting off? Why are you so sluggish and so lazy? Why are you wasting time? Faith doesn't waste time. Faith goes up at once. That just kind of felt good. Faith goes up at once. Faith is not lazy. And faith is not crazy. The message says, how long are you going to sit around on your hands, putting off, and taking possession of the land that God, the God of your ancestors, has given you. It already belonged to them. All they had to do was take it. And whatever that you need, my dear brothers and sisters, it already belongs to you. In closing Psalm 23, to really do this justice, we'll have to come back next week but I just want you to know that God's got some stuff on the table for you how many of you had a good Christmas was, was there some good stuff on the table huh a little ham maybe how, how many had a little prime rib or a lot of prime rib how many had one of your favorite dishes on the table you know, Brenda grew up on a farm. And when I first married Brenda, my, 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 my. I'd come home. We both worked for Kenneth Hagin Ministries. I'd come home, and there'd be a six or seven course meal waiting on me. And I'd look at her, and I said, okay, who else is coming to dinner? <laughs> and that sweet girl with that sweet little country smile said, oh, honey, I made it for you. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. She does the same thing today. And you go down to Johnny Edwards' farm table down there in Pawnee, Oklahoma. They'd have 50, 60 people staying at the house on pallets. They'd have a huge spread of food all over the place. And they'd just keep telling you, come on, have a little more. Don't leave anything on the table. Have you tried these homemade biscuits? Hey, there's, over, there's some country ham over Have you tried that? How about some mashed potatoes? How about some biscuits and gravy? Come on. That's the attitude that they had. Well, I just dropped by to tell you that God also has a table. And just like the Edwards clan would basically tell us, don't leave anything on the table. God's saying to you today that I prepared a table 
before you in the presence of your enemies. I've prepared a six-course meal right in front of you. So why don't you rise up and take everything that's on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. And so today, on God's table is salvation. And God's table is healing. And God's table is joy. And God's table is restoration. Say with me, this inheritance is the full scope of God's provision. Now here's the problem. Sometimes God has a hard time getting his kids to the table. But I look at you today and I believe that you're one of those that just don't leave nothing on the table. No, you receive and you take when you pray. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's stand up. That's enough for this morning. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of this today?